turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 8. 1 Samuel chapter 8 this morning for our thoughts. First champ, first Samuel chapter eight, and everybody stand when you get there. First Samuel chapter eight. All right. Beginning in verse one, and it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel. In the name of a second, Abia. And they were judges in Beersheba. And his sons walked not in the way, in his ways, but turned aside after lucre and took bribes and perverted judgment. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nation. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. According to all the works which they have done since the day I brought them up out of Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods. So do they also unto thee. Verse 9. Now therefore hearken unto their voice, howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them, and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for allowing me this time to be with your people. Pray, Lord, you'll bless the breaking of the bread of life. Give me the words to say that I might present Christ and might minister to your sheep this morning. Father, I pray that there's one here that doesn't know you needs to come for whatever reason, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would convict and convince them to come and obey you, Lord, and do as they're told. Father, I just pray that uh, you'll take this message and, Lord, speak to our hearts. Please bring to my memory those things I've studied to present before the people this morning. Thank you for those that have gathered here. Thank you for those not able to be with us. Lord, we pray for them we pray for those that are sick and afflicted pray for those that have lost loved ones we pray for our church as a whole we love you we praise you and we thank you for this privilege and honor in christ's name i pray amen please be seated this morning i'd like to speak to you this morning on the subject of a choice for king. Children of Israel, this isn't the first time that they wanted a king over them. You see, after Joshua died, 
They wanted a king. But God instead appointed judges to rule the government matters of Israel. Samuel was one of the last judges, and he's getting up there in years. But not only did they want a king after Joshua died, but Gideon, when he was king, they wanted, when he was there, they wanted a king. And Gideon said, no, I'll not be your king. My son won't be your king. Only the Lord will be your king. I want to tell you, Gideon knew what he was talking about. God should only be our king. Amen? Not the president. Not the senator. But God, the creator and sustainer of all. He should be the king. But because Samuel is getting up in years and he's fixing to die, he appoints his two sons as the judges of the people. And those two sons weren't like their father at all. They didn't walk in the ways of their father, did they? They didn't walk and honor the Lord. Sad to say there's a lot of folks out there today that have power that aren't walking after the Lord in a way that honors and brings glory to Him. Amen? Now, look again at Verse 1, and it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his, ju- his sons judges over Israel. And jump down to verse 3, and his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre and took bribes and perverted judgment. <laughs> Think about that for a second. He appointed his two sons to lead the people. And what were they in it for? Money. Money. It wasn't about leading the people into righteousness and following the Lord and being obedient. But it was about money. And thank God, I will say this, the elders of Israel came to Samuel, and they said, hey, we're not going to follow after your boys because they don't walk like you walk. And they were right for that. But the sad thing is, they wanted a king. In other words, they wanted to be just like the world. They wanted to choose the world over God. Beloved, are we not there today? Just like that. We had rather have the world than God. And that's what they asked him. Look at verse 4. Then the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now makest a king to judge us like all the nations. Couple things. First of all, did you notice? Make us like all the nations. 
We want to be just like them. Secondly, they forgot the faithfulness of God. You see, God led them out of bondage to Egypt. God led them to the Canaan land. To Canaan land. In fact, they're there. 450 years have gone by since this time. Led them to Canaan land. Fought their enemies. Gave them a land flowing with milk and honey. He took care of them. He provided for them. But now they don't want him to be the king over them anymore. They want to be like the world. And I hate to say it. But that's the modern world today. Everybody wants to be like the world. And it really hurts me to say this. There's some churches that want to be just like the world. Amen? Oh, we're a seeker-friendly church. Run! Because that means you're not going to get the gospel. That means what you're going to get is a little sermonette. Everybody's going to pat you on the head and say, Oh, you're wonderful. You're such a great God. No, you're a sinner. If you don't repent of your sins, you're going to hell. No, the way you're living is sinful to God. You need to fess up and get right with God. But no, no, no. We want to entertain you. We want you to feel comfortable. And we want you to feel like, ah. This is part of the world. You ever heard that, oh, one world. Oh, can't we all just get along? Listen. That's right, sister, it's not. Listen, I have nothing in common with you if I'm a born-again believer. I'm a born-again child of God. I have nothing in common with you if you're lost and out there living like the devil. I shouldn't fit in with you. Now, that doesn't mean I shouldn't share the love of Christ with you. But until you get your act together and come to Jesus, I'm not going to hang out with you. But the world says, well, that's not right. That's the wrong thing. That's the wrong way to be. Hooey fooey. Take a stand for God. Amen. Amen. Realize the children of Israel... No wonder, I bet Samuel was fit to be tied. You what? You want to be like the other nations? You want another king when we have the greatest king that there ever will be on the throne and his name is Jesus Christ, God Almighty? You want another king? Well, I don't know about you, but I serve a king that did a lot for me. You see, he loved me so much, Brother Dave, he died on a cross for me. He gave his life so that I might be redeemed, Brother Ciro. I might be forgiven and cleansed, and I might one day get to spend eternity with him. What a king. But yet, you see, Israel, oh, we can't allow your sons to be judges. Well, I don't blame them for that, no, because they would have led them astray, but the point is they were already astray. Their hearts were already not right with God for even wanting another king. But they wanted to be like the world. And there's people out there, and hey, 
Society is tough. You see, society has a mentality. Oh, you can't fit in here if you don't, and you won't be like us. They want our kids to just, you know, anything goes. Wrong. Because we're always going to be accountable to God. Even if we may not serve him like he's king, he's still king. Amen? And the sad thing is, Brother Cyril, folks have forgotten. They want anything but him. Because it's about me. Make me feel good. It's about me. Oh, I am so good. I want to be recognized. You want to know how to be recognized? I tell you what, surrender and submit yourself fully to God 24-7, you'll be recognized. God will bless you, he will honor you, and you will be recognized. And the thing is, it won't be the world recognizing you, it'll be God. Now, notice. But the thing displeased Samuel. Yeah, I imagine he was pretty upset when they said, give us a king to judge us. And what did Samuel do? He ain't like the average judge or prophet of God. He didn't say, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to just let you go to yourself, whatever. No. What did he do? He prayed to the Lord for them. But notice what God said, and this breaks my heart. Verse 7, And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in, that, in all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee. Here's the part that breaks my heart. But they've rejected me that I should not reign over them. Think about that for a second. God, the whole time, has provided for every single need. The whole time. They never did without a thing. Even when they were disobedient and they started worshiping false idols and disobeying the Lord, even then God always gave them grace he gave them mercy. But now they've come before Samuel and said, you know what? Don't want him. We want another king. Well, isn't that like the world today? They don't want God whatsoever. Don't want him in the schools. Don't want him in the government. Don't want him anywhere. Boy, I'll get in trouble for this. They don't even want him in the churches. There's some churches that don't even want God. Amen? There are. Our government, think about this for a second. It's all about power. And it's not about leading this nation under righteousness, but it's about conforming to the world. And it's about the money. Amen? It's about the money. Constitution, really. 
I thank God for the Constitution. But we've forgotten how blessed as a country we are. It was God that blessed us. It was God that allowed us to establish this land. It's God, not man. And by the way, I don't want to depend on man to meet my needs, period. I want to depend on God. How about you? Amen? But no, children of Israel, we want another king. And the Lord God says, Samuel, don't take it personally. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. Over 2,000 years have passed. And the world is still rejecting the Savior. Amen? They're still choosing others over the Savior. Remember Jesus before Pilate? Remember the people cried out, Give us Barabbas! Give us Barabbas! They chose Barabbas over the Savior. They chose the world over God. Think about that. Let that sink in for a moment. Now, notice with me the next verse. He says, according to all the works which they've done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. That whole time, God honored the covenant that he had made with Abraham. God was faithful to it, and he honored it. But the children of Israel, (laughs) one day, one week, one month, one year, they kind of walked the straight line. But then the next day, the next week, the next month, The next year, they, what, left the Lord. They stopped serving the Lord, forgetting all that God had done for them. I wonder where we are today. What's God done for you and me? Do you remember what God has done for you and me? See, God's always faithful to his. But yet... The Lord's telling Samuel, Samuel, hey, we've seen this. It shouldn't surprise you or shock you. I've taken care of them. I've met their needs, provided for them, and this is what happens. So don't let it take you by surprise. Don't be caught off guard. And look at verse 9. Now therefore hearken unto their voice, howbeit yet Protest solemnly unto them and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. Samuel, this is the Lord instructing Samuel. Samuel, go before the people and tell them if they want a king to rule them like the other nations, this is what they can expect from that king. 
And Samuel did just that. Look at verse 10. Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people that asked of him a king. Verse 11. This, and he said, this will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, and to be his horsemen. And some shall run before his chariots, and he will appoint him captains over thousands and captains over fifties and will set them to eat his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his instructions of war and instruments of his chariots and he will take your daughters to be confectionaries and to be cooks and to be bakers first of all Samuel says tell you what If you get a king to rule over you like the other nations, mark it down, you're putting yourself in bondage. Mark it down, you're going to lose some freedoms. And then just like humans, we, how many of you ever wanted something and you spent a lot of time praying for this? making all kinds of effort to get this, and then you finally got it, and you realize, oh, I don't want this. What was I thinking? Y'all ever been there? Yeah, I've been there. Oh, I want that church. I want to be that pastor. (laughs) Be careful what you ask for and pray for. Thinking, oh, if I could be there, I'll be satisfied and I'll be happy and content. Uh, well, the Lord sometimes allows us to get what we want. And we think, oh, it's the favor of God. No, silly guy, silly woman, it's judgment. It's chastisement. God allows you to get what you think you deserve. And it ain't because he's showing favor and he's blessing you. He's doing it to judge you and to chastise you because your heart is not right with him. Amen? You've got to be careful. Here, Samuel's just telling them the unadulterated truth. Thus saith the Lord, you can have that, but remember, this is what this king is going to do. And not only are you going to lose your freedoms, Not only are you going to be back in bondage, but you're going to lose your sons and daughters. If ever was a generation that has lost our sons and our daughters, it's this generation. This generation right here. Listen, the majority of kids out there have no desire to serve God. They have no desire to come to church. And beloved, before we point our fingers at them, we need to point those fingers at us as parents for not instilling that we should love God with all of our heart, our mind, our body, our soul. And that we should take them to church. 
Not give them a choice. It drives me crazy. I'm talking to adults about having their kids in church. Well, when he gets a little older, he'll decide. What? No, 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 no. If he lives under your roof, you decide for him or her. They don't have a choice. If they want to eat, they don't want to sleep on the street, they'll go to church. Amen? Uh-uh. But, oh, that's not the way. Dr. Phil says we're not supposed to raise our kids that way. Hooey-fooey on Dr. Phil. Hooey-fooey on Oprah. You are responsible for your kids They are loaned to you and I from God. And God has placed them in our homes to raise them in a way that brings honor and glory to Him. Nurture and admonition of the Lord is required by every home. And you wonder why our generation is in trouble. These kids are in trouble. Oh, you're going to hurt their feelings. Beats hurting something else. I don't know about you, but I used to get beat if I did something stupid. The Marines are calling. (laughs) Understand. I'll be the first to tell you, it wasn't pleasant getting a whipping. I deserved it. Everyone I got, listen, I cannot stand before you and say, I got whipped and I never deserved it. Oh, I deserved it. Didn't enjoy it. But it was from a benefit. The rod of correction, Brother Cyril. You ever had the rod of correction on you? I'm talking to a few kids don't know what that is. I wouldn't mind showing them if it's all right with the parents. But the point is, look at the nation of Israel. Asking to have their freedoms taken away. Asking to be placed in bondage all over again. Asking to lose their sons and daughters. And yet, they were okay with it. We are in trouble church we cannot be okay with the things of the world we cannot be okay with having God off his throne I want him to reign on the throne of my heart and life how about you this morning now notice something else they lost freedom and then look at what he says And he will take your fields, your vineyards, your olive yards, even the best of them, and will give them to his servants. And he will take the tenth of your seed and of your vineyards and give to his officers and his servants. And he will take your men servants, your maid servants, your goodliest young men and your asses and put them to his work and he will take the tenth of your sheep and you shall be his servants. 
Samuel's just telling the elders of Israel the truth. Listen, you go for another king besides our God, not only are you going, are you going to lose freedoms, not only are you going to be back in bondage, but you're going to lose money because you're going to pay taxes. He's going to take a tenth of everything you own. Some folks today that are materialistic, that love money more than they love God and their families and even their country, would have issues with that, wouldn't they, today? But not this group. Listen, if a group's willing to lose freedoms and lose their children, listen, money's no big deal. But here's the sad fact of the matter. It's true. Those of us that know Christ as our Savior, we are free. We have been delivered by the blood of Christ. We are free. But understand this morning, we can still bring bondage into our lives. And here's the sad thing. Most of us that bring bondage into our lives don't recognize it until it's too late. Amen? You see, when we're disobedient, and you get this if you don't get nothing else this morning, when we are disobedient to God, understand there will be consequences to pay. And the children of Israel study their history. They paid a price, didn't they? Beloved, again, I don't want to pay a price. I've got enough burdens as it is. I don't need to add any more to my plate. How about you this morning? But if you decide to be disobedient, mark it down, you're going to pay a price. Look at the next verse. Eighteen. And you shall cry out in that day because your king which ye shall have chosen you and the Lord will not hear you in that day, Samuel said, listen, this is what you're going to get. And then when you finally come to your senses, when you finally wake up and smell the coffee and realize that, oh, this wasn't a good decision, and you're going to go to the Lord and say, Lord, oh, we messed up, remove this king. It's going to be too late. He's not even going to hear you when you cry out to him. Y'all ever been there? Made a decision that you know God wouldn't end? Went down a path you know you should have never went down, had no business going down that path, but you went anyway. And then 
while you're on that path, you're praying, and the heavens become just like brass, your prayers don't get no higher than the ceiling. Y'all ever been there? I have, and it's miserable. It's misery. Samuel says, God, you don't want this. Because eventually you're going to open your eyes and realize, uh oh, wrong choice. Wrong choice. And look at what the next verse says. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us. <laughs> Doesn't matter, Samuel. We want what we want. Doesn't matter. We want a king over us. Now, isn't it amazing? The amnesia, that whole nation, had gotten. Because they had amnesia. They had literally forgotten all the benefits that God gave them in order that they might choose a king in the world. Look at the next verse. Look at their justification that we also may be like all the nations and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. Don't know about y'all, but I want God fighting my battles. I don't want to depend on man to get me through my walk here on earth. I want God. <coughs> Forgot when God gave them the promised land that he went before them and he delivered them from their enemies. How many of us are guilty of forgetting what God's done for us? Amen? And Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he rehearsed them in the ears of the Lord. Look at verse 22. And the Lord said to Samuel, Hearken unto their voice, and make them a king. And Samuel said unto the men of Israel, Go ye every man unto his city. Now, as you look at that last verse, I want to ask you something. Did God lose his sovereignty when he allowed the children of Israel to have a king? No, he didn't lose his sovereignty at all. But what we see in that last verse is a beautiful picture of the permissive will of God. You say, well, preacher, what does that mean, permissive will of, <coughs> will of God? It means, <coughs> excuse me, that God will allow you to make a choice. He will not force himself upon you. He will not force you to live for him. 
but he will give you the choice. And the question, bless you, brother, the question you and I this morning is this. What choice have we made? Is he king in our hearts and in our lives? Is he reigning on the throne of your heart this morning? If not, call upon the king of glory because he wants to save you. But the choice is yours. And you'll make that choice in this life. Not after you draw your last breath. You make it here and now. So, is he your king? I'm thankful I had enough sense years and years ago that I chose him to be my king. You see, as I said just moments ago, my king has done quite a lot for this old fellow right here, this old heathen. You see, my king took my place. He paid my debt that I owed to God. And because he did that, and because I accepted what he did as payment in full, you know what? I have fellowship with God. I have been reconciled to the Father. I belong to Him. And yes, He's my King. I don't want the world. I don't want anybody else. Yes, we live in America. We have politicians and, and yes, we're supposed to pray for them and dear God, we need to pray for them. They need Jesus. But listen to me. They'll never be my king because I serve only the true king. Amen? So if you're here this morning, the Lord has spoken to your heart. Come. He wants you to make a choice this morning. Don't delay it. Obey his voice. If there is a need, you come forward. But above all, ask him to be your king. And don't settle for anyone else or anything else. Settle for him. The real deal. Amen.